Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I know this. It is well with Cam's soul. That's just a fact. I would like to, I'd like to have it. I'd like it to infect this church. And that's what we can learn from Cam. Let's keep working on that. All right. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. My brother-in-law said, well, no. If you push his head under water long enough, he will. I said, well, but I, you know, it'd be hard to push a horse's head under the water. Well, stick a hose in his mouth. Well, we talked about that. That's bullying. <laughs> he, he may get water down there, but that's not what we're talking about, obviously. Today we are addressing the concept. Tonight we close it out. As we talk about evangelism, we think about the good news, as we think about spreading the message, here is the point. If they are thirsty, they will drink. Now that's just a fact. Let's look at John 4 tonight again. Open your Bibles there and we will stay in this text. John chapter 4. We're going to learn tonight about the idea of creating thirst. We're going to talk about being thirsty for God. And we're going to notice that Jesus in this event helps us to understand thirst. Now thirst is a very natural thing. It is something that arises within us. It's our body, our brain saying, you need to get something to drink. I even read today about uh, some scientific ideas that are being examined. Where does the thirst mechanism reside? Where is it that we have within us this desire or this thirst concept? And they're talking about it being in the frontal lobe and it has something to do a part of the brain that releases dopamine and all of that is connected to the scientific studies that they are doing to figure out what causes thirst. And basically it boiled down to this. There are cells that when they are equal inside and outside then you're okay. But once that is messed up when the cells burst, you got too much water. And when there's more on the outside than inside, now you have a thirst. That's what they're talking about. I don't understand it all, but I know this. You do too. I know what it feels like to get thirsty. Jesus met a woman. And in this event, he helped her with her thirst. 
I've mentioned this before, and it will come up in this material tonight because there is a difference between satisfying a thirst and having a thirst that you always want to have. That is what Jesus is talking about. Will you consider with me tonight how Jesus dealt with thirst as it relates to spiritual development. Number one, when a person realizes, when a person knows that they are thirsty, they'll go find it. They, when they crave something, they'll go after it. That's how we are. When we want something badly enough, we will go get it. I've heard stories, and you have too, of people who are hungry, and they can't find anything to eat, and they might steal something from a store. Not because they are thieves, not because they are of a criminal mindset, but because they want something to eat. They crave it, and therefore they steal in order to satisfy that hunger. That's a different concept than stealing. When you crave something, you'll go find it. As it relates to our lifestyles as evangelists for the Lord, when people crave something, when they crave the Lord, they will go and seek to satisfy that craving. We might ask, do you know people who crave the Lord? Those are the people that we can evangelize. We might ask, do we crave the Lord? Do we get to a point where we say, I just, I haven't studied lately like I want. There's something missing. I haven't prayed deeply. There's something missing. When you crave it, you'll go seek it. Verse 7. This woman already had a physical craving. She came every day to get water. I don't know what that's like. Most of us don't know what's that, what that's like. I got to experience it a little bit in Guyana. When you don't just stand there and turn a spigot and water comes out. You have to go and work for it. You have to go somewhere and get it. And it's not as readily there for you. This woman, every day, for her whole life, ever how long it was, had this craving, of course. And Jesus is using that craving. He recognizes, here is a woman that I can talk to. She came to draw water, and Jesus said, give me a drink. Here's a woman 
that had a craving every day, physical craving that just had to be taken care of because all of us are just like that. But this woman had a craving that I don't think she even realized. Because she then looked at Jesus and said, now wait a minute, you are asking me to give you water? Jews don't like me. They don't do this talking to a Samaritan woman. You're asking me. I think that says that there was something in her mind, something in her life that she was craving. It wasn't just about getting physical water. She was craving a relationship. She was craving an answer. She really wanted to know, why is it that the Samaritans don't like me, or the Jews don't like me, a Samaritan woman. Maybe it was so common for her. It was her life. It's who she was. That's all she'd ever known. But there was something nagging at her from the inside. Something that she wanted an answer to. Maybe she had asked the question before and nobody would answer. Maybe she was too afraid to ask the question before because she had been mistreated so many times. But there was a craving inside of her. And she wanted an answer to it. And so immediately she had an opportunity now to deal with it she could ask this person standing with her, what's going on here? Jesus said, if you knew. Here's a woman who had a craving that everybody has, physical thirst. And then who revealed a craving that was bugging her, unique to her, in her mind. And Jesus now is going to deal with that craving. And he said, he leads her to satisfy her craving. If you knew. She doesn't know. See, the word used here in the Greek is a word, uh, it's pronounced oida, and it means if you understood, if you could put it all together and you can say, I get it. When you understand, if you understood, you would ask me. She didn't understand yet. She didn't understand why it was that people didn't like her. She didn't understand why she was an outcast. And she did not understand what it was that she didn't have. So Jesus said, when you understand, if you did, I think he's saying, if you had known, meaning... I'm going to tell you, and you will know. It's coming. 
He knows what's going to happen, I think. And so he is setting her up. When you understand, I think I can look at it this way. When you get it, when you understand, when you put it all together, you're going to say, give me this water. She did not come to that well that day with any of these thoughts on her mind. She came as a habit an everyday event without any thought, without any concept of anything other than I have to get water for my family. I've had an interesting conversation a few times with people in my office. And it is interesting to me the dynamic between men and women and how things are different. I've had this conversation with premarital things and a boy and a girl sitting there and I say to him, when your wife in the future says to you, what are you thinking about? Don't say nothing. Don't say it. But that's the answer. Don't say nothing because she's not going to get it. And then I ask, do you ever think of nothing? And he goes, sure. There are a lot of times I think of nothing. I've not had a single woman tell me, me too. There are times I don't think of anything. That's never happened to me. So while I don't think she had any of these thoughts on her mind coming to the well, I think she was thinking about something because she was busy. If it were me, the habit every day of doing the same thing, I could have done it over and over and over and not have a single thought blank. But Jesus scratched the surface. He knew there was something down there. If they crave it, they'll seek it. Number two, when they are out of balance, they will balance it. It's that reaction that we all have. When we are about to fall, we do something. Because it's just a normal thing to counteract being out of balance. Thirst is created by an imbalance in the cells of the body. And when that balance is not there, the body says, the brain says, go get something to drink. You're in trouble. Jesus had this woman there. She was out of balance and didn't even know it. In the first place, all she saw, she was satisfied. Again, she's not really thinking about anything that Jesus is bringing out of her. And she is just fine. She's satisfied with what she sees in front of her. Verse number 11 Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. All she saw was the well 
All she saw was the physical water. All she saw was every day I do the same thing. This is who I am. This is my life. She saw her present. Number two, she was satisfied with her past. Are you greater than Jacob? Jacob's well. For those who visit in the Bible lands, they've told me that Jacob's well is still there. And the water deep down in the earth is still flowing and people still drink from Jacob's well. That Jacob, that Jacob in the Old Testament, who was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, that Jacob built that well. Oh, and she was proud of it. This is our well. She was satisfied to think about what was here, the present. And she was fine with the past. This is how it's always been. And Jesus responded. He helped her see that she was out of balance. All she saw was the present and the past. And Jesus said, let me balance you out. You're not even thinking about the future. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Lady, you're out of balance. The only thing on your mind is what you see and where you've been. I want to give you something more, something better. I want to give you a future. I want to give you a future of a thirst that's different than the one that you're dealing with. You'll take this water and you'll go home and you'll drink it and you'll be fine. You won't be thirsty again. But that's not what Jesus is offering. He's offering an opportunity to thirst all the time. The difference again between being satisfied and being content. To be satisfied says, I've got enough, don't need any more. To be content says, this is great. Give me more. Jesus didn't want her to be satisfied. He wanted her to be content. I want to tell you about your future and what it can be. It can be a spring of water flowing up inside of you, producing real thirst for what is real in life. That's what I'm offering. I'm offering you a future. Who doesn't want a good future? She did. I think we do. Number three, when you know what is causing the thirst, you can take steps 
to stop it. You can take steps to deal with it. When we are talking to people about what we know will help their thirst, then they will be willing to say, all right, I'm ready to get in. Look at this situation from this woman's perspective. Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Number one, she knew she was thirsty. She just didn't really know what it meant. She knew that she wanted something. She knew there was something here. She was getting a hold of the message, but she didn't really understand the details. And yet she was willing to say, give it to me. If you have a thirst and you don't really know what it is spiritually, it's the stamp of God in your life. There's a craving for God that resides in the life of every single individual. We will either tend it and it will spring up inside of us into a fountain. Or we will try to dampen it, shut it down, turn it off, ignore it. Doesn't mean it's not there. It just means we're not taking advantage of it. She knew she had a thirst. And Jesus said, here's what you can do about it. Number two, he helped her see that activity, her activities are making her thirsty. You know what that's like. You go out on a hot day and you're working and doing all that you can do. And then you start to say, oh, because you're sweating and now you need some hydration. You need something because activity produces the need for hydration. Jesus said, your own activities are causing you problems. I think the text, the way it's written, really is saying, now lady, you know this is not right. You know it. I think she indicates the fact that she knows it because when Jesus said, you've had five husbands and now the one you have is not really your husband. Because she had said, I have no husband. I think she knew there's just something wrong. This is not right. There's an instinctive message in her heart. She just knows that this situation is not right. Your own activities are causing you trouble and you need to fix it. Continuing on, it's interesting to me how she changes the subject. Jesus says, it's not right how you're living. And immediately she changes the subject. I think 
it is another indication that she already has an idea that something's not right. And so she changes the topic. And now he wants her to understand that your idea of worship is not right. Physically, your actions are wrong. Spiritually, your actions are wrong. Your own activities are causing you trouble. We've been told all of our lives we should worship right here in this mountain. This is how I've been raised. Jesus said, wait a minute. There's coming a time when neither in this mountain nor any other place will people be required to worship God. God's spirit. You'll worship Him in spirit and in truth. He said to her, you're thirsty because your own actions physically in a bad lifestyle, spiritually in a worship that's not proper, are not helping your thirst. Finally, when you realize that salt causes you to want to drink, you'll drink. I love good baked ham. I ate a bunch of baked ham, and then I just can't seem to get enough to drink. Thirst just hangs around. You see, she now came to the realization that she had been infused with a healthy dose of salt. Jesus said, you just told me that you heard about the Messiah's coming. I'm telling you, that's who I am. The salt of the earth. The idea of salt very important to the people of that world. It was necessary for health reasons. It was necessary for taste reasons. It was necessary for preserving things, which is why it was one of the things that God commanded the Jews to use in their sacrifices, salt. Because it represented a staple and a necessity that you need to part with. Salt was prevalent. Not only did they have the salt from the Dead Sea, I didn't know this, there's a mountain there. This mountain is seven miles long, three miles wide, and hundreds of feet high, all Salt. I didn't even know it. Salt is prevalent. I don't guess there's anywhere on this planet you could go without finding salt in some form. Jesus salted her with his own words. He told her how to be purified. That's what he's telling her. He's telling her, 
how to be kept in good shape. He's telling her how to have a thirst that will continually well up in your life, content to crave it from now on. If we'll take these ideas, number one, and think about it ourselves, if you're missing something spiritually, are you listening to the craving that's there? Are you recognizing the imbalance that might be there and you need to correct it? Is it because your activities are such that it's causing a problem for you to have this welling up of living water, whatever it might be? When Jesus tells Christians to be the salt of the earth, he's telling us, to have a thirst that is continually welling up and producing it in other people. Number two, take these things and think about your friends and your family and use this to reveal the thirst that resides deeply that you can scratch and open up and eventually find, hopefully, this welling up within them. Let us be evangelists. Let us spread the message, the good message of Jesus. Because when people thirst, when we help reveal the thirst that they have and help them to understand it and to appreciate it, they will ask, Some of the in, most interesting words in Scripture, Acts 8. Philip met the eunuch on the road and he preached to him Jesus. The text says they came to the water and he said, See, here is water. What keeps me from being baptized? He recognized his thirst. He saw how to deal with it. And in drinking, it being immersed in that water, he was now content. If you're not content, I hope that you will find a way to do that. If we can help you tonight, meet our shepherds here at the front. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.